Punawa Daily, Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon for Westfield, London and Westfield, Stratford City. More extra, less ordinary, a wet Old Trafford. One session, 30 overs, 30 seconds, you tell us. One over per second. Didn't think we were going to get on today that we rained all through the morning. We got on at 2.45pm Australia, 4 for 113. They were in some strife if another wicket were to fall, but it didn't survive. Mark Wood, Labuschagne and Marsh batted through about 15 overs before England were told they could only bowl spin. No pace allowed. Labuschagne goes on to a test century, his second overseas. He's out cutting for 111 the only wicket to fall today. How many overs will it have to face on Sunday? Good question. Uh, apparently, there's a, a yellow weather warning for Manchester mm. tomorrow, which is um, a thing. It's a thing. But you don't so, know how bad that is if you don't know how the weather warning system works. Sure. Maybe yellow's at the good end. Maybe well, yellow's at the bad end. I don't think it is. I think no. it's in the... There's, there's stuff happening. Yellow. It's doing bits, to use the um, Love Island nomenclature. Okay. But yeah, so they still need 61 to make England bat a second time. But boy, they batted well today, especially Labuschagne and, and Marsh in tandem when the ball wasn't swinging. They were able to just sort of repel the threat that Mark Wood presented off the top. Mm-hmm. England had to do some jiggery-pokery at the top because Chris Wokes was off the field like yesterday. So Anderson bowled the first over. And you would think the two um, freshies from Leeds, Wood and Wokes, would have been perfectly positioned to prize out a couple, but they couldn't. And, and the overnight batters, Labuschagne and Marsh, went through the gears really well. They counter-attacked, they kept the ball ticking over, they kept knocking off the deficit. And mm. by the time Marnus Labuschagne was done, it was his 11th test ton, second away from home, uh, and his first of the series after getting a, a slew of starts. It, it clearly meant a lot to him. I went and watched his press conference before, and he's trying to measure that against how much it means to him to do it like this and do it this way. And, and, and find that he's peaking at the right time against the fact that it could be um, in a losing effort. And if they get on tomorrow, it probably will be. Well, that's the thing. And, and is it, yeah, he's not going to know if that century is actually enough. Sure. Um, he's not going to know if getting out just past 100 means that he's not there tomorrow. They have to bat you know, four hours across the day yeah. and, and it ends up being too far short. And maybe if he was there, things could be different. Versus if they only get on for an hour tomorrow, then he's probably done enough to get them, or should have done enough to get them close enough, yeah. given that they've got Green and Marsh to resume, Kerry to come. Um, it was it was interesting. I thought today today was really a bonus for England because we weren't really expecting to get on, no. get on at all. I don't think they were really expecting to get on. They got 30 overs at Australia. They managed to prize out a wicket. The runs kind of don't matter at this yeah. point if they get enough play tomorrow to get the wickets that they need then there should you know it should be clear enough for them to chase 80 or 100 or whatever it is if they need to yeah. even if Australia went really well tomorrow which you know one more wicket and things things could tip away very quickly Australia could still lose by an innings from here mm. so it felt like today was a free hit for England almost and so even that bit where they would have been annoyed they go to bring Wood on for his second spell the umpires say it's too dark for Wood to bowl it's funny because Anderson was bowling the over before that and they didn't have a problem with that but as soon as Wood went was to come back on he was too quick but then they could only bowl spin. You couldn't yeah. even bowl your less rapid seamers at that point, even though they had been operating before that. Um, nonetheless, England used that spin to get a wicket. Um, it, it's all extra. It's all it's all a plus for them from there. Yeah, I reckon they probably would have taken... I mean, obviously they would have wanted more, but from where they were when the ball wasn't moving, you're right, that, that ball they changed up to, and I might return to a little bit of that in Hall of Fame later, was swinging. Straight away, Anderson had two big induckers, and it was going, and they're like, right, this is the time for Wood. 
um, maybe we can get him moving it around at pace and they could get two in a hurry. But, um, but yeah, the, the spin from both ends thing ended up probably playing a role in changing the energy of the session because instead of Australia trying to play defensively, more or less defensively, um, they decided to try and score. Um, mm. Manus going over the top and hitting two sixes over into the stand just near the, the new hotel um, to behind my left shoulder as we're recording this. Um, so, and Moanelli didn't bowl well again. He gave them too many balls to cut. So it just sped the game up a little bit and that might have informed uh, the shot that Labuschagne played when he was eventually caught cutting um, a glorious um, couple of arm balls from Joe Root as well. Uh, uh, it's been argued, uh, and Brat was making this point in a video I was doing with him before, that maybe he's got the best legitimate old school arm ball in world cricket at the moment because it does swing. That was the beauty of the arm balls historically. It wasn't just that it went straight. It was that it would, it would swing away in a classical off, off uh, outswing away, mm -hmm. albeit with the um, off spinner action. And, and he does that route. So, and the medium pace ball that caught the edge and, and Crawley couldn't take it and really took his head off. So that was a point of difference that, that helped England at a time when things were drifting mm -hmm. uh, and nothing was happening at all. The crowd was completely neutralised. Yeah, um, I mean, the, look, the crowd were uh, like salutations to them today. They came down initially, yeah. um, you know, in the first session, there was nobody out there. You know, there were there were a handful of absolute stalwarts just sitting in the rain. Um, but the the way that party stand filled up as soon as. Yeah. So as soon as play was on, suddenly it was full. I was like, "Where did all these people come from? Love where, it were they, where were they hiding? You know, they, yeah. they came. They came tearing in to be part of it. They got the thirty overs in, which means they don't get a refund as well. <laughs> so, so they lose out by one delivery. You know, had there been one delivery fewer, yeah. um, then then that wouldn't have been the case. But you know, I, I think they'll be happy enough that they got a day out at the cricket. Um, oh, I'm with you, by the way. Nod to the crowd here. They've been great the whole way through. I, I was talking to someone the other day who's been critical of the Manchester crowd and Old Trafford. Nah, they're great here. This is a, like Leeds, this is a knowledgeable, the Ashes hits different up north. Crowd. And, you know, I know crowd. that's a cliche, but uh, you know, when you're up in Lancashire and, and, uh, and Yorkshire, it does feel like you're in, you're in Ashes heartland, you're in cricket heartland. And um, that, that does make a difference in terms of the, uh, the way in what's acknowledged, what's not acknowledged, what they pick up on and, and so on. So yeah, fair play to them today. So Mark Wood early, that felt like such a key point and <clears> it felt like, you know, Labuschagne recognised that, that one over where he faces all yeah, six balls man. and he's, he's ducking and weaving and dodging and, it, and it's, it's nasty and hit um, mm. and, and, you know, I mean, Wood's bowling, terrific pace again right from the get-go, um, had the accuracy there as well, there wasn't so much of the leg side stuff, mm -hmm. it was, it, there were balls that Labuschagne genuinely had to get out of the way of and he just sort of seemed to endure that, he was just yeah. going, you know, must, just must breathe my way through this and all will be well after four overs when he'll go away which he did and then at the other end you've got you know just that point where Marsh lays into Chris Wokes and hits a couple of boundaries there it's it's like they're saying well okay we're not just going to sit here and take it you know we are going this will be a contest we are going to play. I mentioned before that I watched Marnus's press conference tonight. We've not really had the chance to do much of that in the series because we're kind of back to back with commitments after play. But hearing him talk about his stash with Mark Wood across the last couple of weeks for Marnus from his perspective it's all about how he goes through his process with him. He, what he wants is two or three options to every ball. He wants the ability to go back and duck, go back and defend or go back and, and play when, when Wood's bowling fast and short at him. And he's trusting his process. So it's never really been an issue of Manus not being able to get starts in this series. It's been getting starts and having you know, what amounts to brain fade. So um, that he was able to you know, get through that tough bit and earn the right to score more quickly later on. That's kind of an old-fashioned, well-paced innings mm -hmm. for mine. Uh, and um, that he came out and got a chance to raise the bat and make a ton. Uh, in, in a modest fashion, it wasn't a, sort of an exuberant, 
ton celebration mm-hmm. that we're conditioned to in the modern game. It was quite subtle. He did take his helmet off, but about 30 seconds after, you know, acknowledging you know his teammate Mitchell Marsh at the time and so on, because he knows that it still might be, as we discussed before, in a losing effort. But yeah, I thought that was a really impressive performance because if you're walking out under leaden skies when you don't think you're going to be batting, you think you're going to have your feet mm-hmm. up all day playing cards, and you're thrown into the frying pan like that with the crowd completely energised and exercised. James Anderson bowling the first over. You're probably expecting the ball to shape around. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a bonus for them that it didn't. Um, and, and yeah, there'll be some frustration there too that he that he nicked one from Root late in the day. And yeah, there was also, you know, with Anderson, they, they tried those sort of funky UAE style fields yeah. a little bit later on when it wasn't swinging. They tried the bouncer stuff with Broad. Um, quite a lot happened in what was 30 overs of cricket. And then it ends up with the dual spin attack. And, and that's what ends up getting the breakthrough. Well, just on bouncer war, uh, theory of Louis Cameron's was that they did it because they wanted to make the ball knackered. Like they wanted to get the ball changed. Brawl was trying to get the ball changed from about four overs into today's play. Um, and if that was their goal, it worked. I mean, at one stage, Anderson was bowling um, around the wicket, bouncer war at Mitch Marsh. Who would mm-hmm. have had that on their um, bingo card a month ago, that Mitch Marsh will be batting in the middle at Old Trafford um, in this series full stop, as he said before Leeds. Yep. It was a holiday to him <laughs> to an extent before that. And Anderson back here being asked to bowl in that way at his home ground. None of that really makes sense before um, the lived experience of the series, but they, they got the ball changed. And as I said before, like that, that newer ball um, did swing straight away, which in a way we were, we were deprived of seeing what would have been another great contest between um, a, a ball that was hooping and a couple of set batsmen, but mm. um, maybe that'll be the case tomorrow. And a word for Mitchell Marsh as well. Um, you know, understated, oh, yeah. doesn't have the big score next to his name, but the contrast with the way that he batted at Leeds where he came in, took him <coughs> on, counted, there was pace and bounce in that pitch. It, it suited his kind of WA style of play. He was able to lay into the bowling a fair bit. That was more difficult to do here. He did hit a couple of boundaries, like I mentioned, off Wokes early, but basically just settled into... It was never stonewalling, so he didn't have that frustration of just just blocking the ball out. But particularly when the spin was coming down sort of late in that session, you could see the temptation. He was going, oh, I'd really like to wallop one of these, you know. And occasionally he'd drive one along the ground through cover, or but he'd play a sensible, respectful sort of shot did the team thing, soaked up the pressure. Everyone will talk about Labuschagne today because he made 100. Indeed, I wrote a column about him. But Marsh batted through the day and will resume tomorrow as well. well so assuming they get back on tomorrow, he'll be the one with the job on his shoulders. Look at the ball's face. He's faced 107 balls for his 31. It's yep. a really mature... Remembering that his century at Leeds was from... It was even time, wasn't it? 118 yep. from 118 balls. He, he's my smokey to win the Compton Miller. Um, I know he'll only play three test matches. They give out two, of course, one to England and, and one to Australia. But I reckon he'll end up Australia's player of the series. He's mm. in top form. He's batting with enormous amounts of discipline. There was one rash shot across the line early today when... Can't remember who was bowling, possibly Chris Wokes. Mm. Um, hoiked him across the line and Mo and Ali was in the frame to race around and take a catch at deep mid-wicket. Imagine the scrutiny if Mitch Marsh had a hold out right there and then. He didn't though, and that's like, as we talked about with, with Crawley two days ago. If, if you're a, a test batter and you want to bat for a long time, in all probability, you're going to enjoy a little bit of luck. It's just on that with that particular delivery, it was um, luck that, um, well, it was Marsh's fault. It wasn't mm. a great ball or anything like that. I saw some late night tweeting from some former players last night, probably after 10 bottles of red, getting stuck into the Aussies as they do. Um, imagine if Marsh got out then. Ooh. That would have been absolute carnage. But he didn't, yeah. and he's there, and he's yeah. making a contribution every time he's asked to. And he's obviously carrying some sort of injury um, because he was off the field yesterday for at the start of play. General and, soreness. But you're not allowed told. to be off the field for general soreness. No. So we're being told something that stiffness, can't be right. Stiffness, actually. We're not soreness. Yeah, stiffness soreness isn't sufficient for the fourth umpire to let you stay off the field so mm. he's carrying something and he's still putting in a shift and he'll need to if they got on for 
I don't know, let's pick a number. If they get on for two and a half hours tomorrow, in all probability, Mitch Marsh is going to have to bat for like an hour and a half. Two of them. hours and 15 minutes. Yeah, because England, yeah. that's the tantalising um, prospect with, with Australia getting close to parity. They might overtake England. Mm -hmm. And the absolute dream sequence, wouldn't it be England chasing 60 and five overs or something like that? <laughs> wouldn't that just be brilliant? Wouldn't that be baseball? Well, you know, I'm being reductive about what baseball actually is. Sure. There. It's not just about slogging and attacking, but it's a lot more than that. But wouldn't that be a, a thrilling way to end a weird test? Joss Butler arrives on a parachute and lands <laughs> in the middle of the ground. They, they go dong someone with a frying pan to get him in as the COVID sub, the concussion sub. We're going to a Super Over. We're going to a Super Over in the Old Trafford Test Match? What? What is happening here? Um, we can only dream. We can only dream of what might happen. So, yeah, look, they, it's the forecast is bad for the morning. Might clear up a bit in the afternoon. Who knows? We might get on. We might not. There's no point speculating about it. Um, but, yeah, if they, if they have, say, a couple of hours to bat, maybe Australia survive. If they have more than that, it's going to be real tough. Yeah, five wickets, 61 runs. England should win the test match as long as they get, as you say, you know, maybe 40 overs. But Australia mm. winning today, um, enormous credit to them because they have been pounded um, for the last two days and they're under the pump today. So all credit to them. All right, Jeff, time for the final word, Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame. It's brought yeah. to you by Westfield London and Westfield <laughs> Stratford is. City. I was going to talk about Suns Out, Funs Out, but that would be disingenuous mm. for it is yucky and rainy and dreadful it's, here. Well, everywhere. I looked at the, the storm front that was going across yes. basically all of England below Manchester <laughs> as well. Um, I'm sure there's not a lot of Suns Out, Funs Out anywhere. If you, if after the recent Commonwealth Games announcement, if it's left uh, a multiple sports being played in vaguely the same area at the same time at varying standards shape hole in your heart, that's a really good line, um, then look no further than Westfield London where you can bowl, rock climb, play mini golf and cricket all in the same day at the same place. You That's can, a really can. good idea. Westfield London, we've been there. We, we've seen, um, we've, we've been part mm -hmm. of, in, well, you've been part of, um, sixes. Yep. Um, and, and you can go to the putt shack, bear, bear. Yeah, you can putt, you can do your mini golf, you can do your rock climbing. I mean, that's the one that I like. Imagine going down for a, a spot of grocery shopping and then just <laughs> deciding to spider monkey your way up the old 50 metre rock wall. Um, I, I did, I what's, did, what's it what's when someone, is it? With the speed climb, no, belaying? So, to, who's going to belay me if belaying. I've just done my... Yeah, isn't that a Captain Haddock thing? He's always going on about somebody belaying something yeah. but you know so I did coverage of the the sports climbing in the Olympics oh yeah I did year. it too Guardian Life Blog yeah. and had no idea how any of it worked yeah. and was just re relying on readers to tell me what the hell was going on but I I, I misheard the thing that I, I thought the wall they were doing the speed climbing on was 50 meters they were doing it in like <laughs> seven seconds I was like I can't run 50 meters in seven <laughs> seconds um, apparently I misheard it and it was 15 meters 15 meters in seven <laughs> seconds that's still very fast I couldn't climb 15 meters in seven seconds either you probably but couldn't run 15 meters probably couldn't run 15 metres in seven seconds. I'd probably roll 15 metres in seven seconds downhill fast. But the point is, if you want to be at, say, the next Olympic sport climbing, you better start at Westfield. What better place to start at Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City? More extra, less ordinary. My nomination's a simple one today. Back to Marnus. When they got the ball changed, he insisted on looking at it, which he did get a chance to look at. And Dan Cherney asked a fair question, I thought. Does that typify him as a player that he's willing to do the one percenters? Mm -hmm. From Labuschagne's perspective, he wanted to see the ball and get a good look at it because he believed that, and he's right, you look at a Duke's ball that's got you know, a very shiny one side, not very shiny on the other, yeah. it's more likely to swing rather than the ball he was conditioned to, which was deteriorating. Right. This ball was dry mm -hmm. and it had a shiny side and what do you know the first two balls swung and he knew they were going to swing mm -hmm. because he made sure he got a look at the ball and he and Ben Stokes having a tater-tate a -tate afterwards he doesn't care because <laughs> he got the comparative <laughs> small little comparative advantage of knowing that it was a ball more likely to swing so actually good batting Marnus Labuschagne for insisting mm -hmm. on seeing it even if it did mean that he had to have a bit of a, a bit of a back and forth with the, the daunting 
England captain. I liked him arriving at the ground today carrying a big cardboard box with yes. what I assume is his coffee machine in it. That's what I'm <laughs> guessing. But it, I didn't know. It could be anything. It could be a puppy. I'm not sure. I liked, so before play, when it was tipping down, there were about six guys sitting up in the party stand and they were, they were all dressed in these kind of big brown square sort of outfits. And okay. there was someone up there wearing some sort of hat. And we were sitting there going, what, what are, like we're looking through binoculars. What are they dressed as? What's going on? No one could figure this out. Simon Burton of The Guardian finally pings it. He's like, that guy's wearing a captain's hat and he's got a nice beard. He's Captain Birdseye and the rest of them are fish fingers. <laughs> <laughs> and they were sitting in the pouring rain for about an hour, just having the time of their lives, well before play commenced, just having the best old time all by themselves in the party stand. So salutations to the fish fingers if you're out there. And my last one is Joel Wilson. Um, after saying that England couldn't, Bowl Mark Wood because he was too fast and the light wasn't good enough, continuing to umpire in his sunglasses and then giving Marnus Labuschagne not out to one that he'd hit while, while umpiring in his sunglasses. And I'm pretty sure Nitin Menon was wearing his sunglasses too. You're going to have to change your decision, Joel, I'm afraid. Uh, and we're going to have to make a decision to end it there. It has been the final He got the last one right, last ball of the session um, that hit and Green there was, a, there was a drop catch too with Green at short leg we neglected mm. to mention earlier, which, was, uh, which could have changed the complexion of tomorrow. 61 runs is the deficit, five wickets for England to get if the yellow warning means anything then we could be stuffed anyway we'll be here regardless warning uh, warning uh, westfield London, Andrew. westfield stratford City. ollie robinson more extra less ordinary adam collins jeff lemon good night good night sorry if i ran out to empty this so you know what i meant i had to go